another episode of Just Jerry Live with Todd Bryant, and I have with me again Jeff Short. Jeff Short, how's it going? Not too bad. Threatening to snow, I think, but other than that, not too bad. You're going to see that a little more where you're at. Well, I don't know. Everybody here says it's unusual. In Illinois? Well, just this time of year, it's been a little colder than normal and had a little more snow than normal. Well, it's unusual here if it uh, if it snows at all, and if it does, it's normally gone by lunch. So, uh, the the kids here think they want it, and I'm sure the kids there get sick of it. So, well, the kids probably don't because you know they get out of school and out of various things, so they they probably still enjoy it. It's people like me that have responsibilities, you know, they have to deal with it. I get tired of it. I thought you were just a preacher. Do you have responsibility? <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of like that uh, preacher I heard one time who said he knew he was called to preach because he didn't have any desire to work. <laughs> I hear you. Well, it, it's funny today uh, we're actually talking about preaching. Uh, I thought it might be be a good thing just to deal with what it means to preach the Bible. Everybody thinks they do it. Everybody believes their church is doing it. But everybody can't be doing it because we're all in different places in Christianity today. There's some 300 and something denominations that believe all kind of different stuff. I don't, I mean, there are difficult things in the scripture, but it can't be that difficult. So let me just, let me just start and say, Paul tells Timothy, preach the word. Uh, What does that, what does that mean? What does it look like? I think that's there in second Timothy four and, as you look at the end of chapter three, as it continues on there, it's very plain what Paul's talking about. He's talking about the inspired scripture, the, the word of God that Timothy is to preach. So preaching the word is, is a requirement that we take the word that God has given and we actually preach that word. We explain what that word means we take a passage, we look at its context and its setting, we interpret it in its immediate context, in its larger context, in its theological context, all these things, and then we declare to the people uh, what the passage means and how that it applies to them. You know, we throw terms around today like conservative and liberal. That's just really common to throw people into these different groups especially if you feel like you're on the right side of that argument. <laughs> but do do you see more consistency of what you would call preaching the word in either group? Or is it is it rare to see the preaching of the Bible today, even in what we would call conservative groups? I think the real preaching of the Bible is pretty rare, just in my own experience. Obviously, I've not listened to every preacher alive preaching today, but just from my experience, it is pretty rare. One thing that's pretty common, I think in general, in interpreting the Bible is just to say, come to a verse and then whatever, you know, we think about or whatever pops into our head, we say it without any concept of context of that passage and what the original author would have been meaning when he wrote it. So that's that kind of preaching that actually you know, takes the pains to get at the original intent, looking at the context, considering various theological aspects throughout all of Scripture. 
interpreting these things together, that's that's actually pretty rare preaching, I think, in this day. I don't disagree. I, I've always said that I think you can prove about anything if you're willing to abuse Scripture. You, you can make the Bible say a lot of various things by snatching a passage out of context, snatching a verse out of context, and un- unfortunately, snatching just a phrase out of context. I think right. that's, that's really common, and and I've, I I think it leads into what the Bible labels the tickling of ears is that is that even common would you say even in conservative circles where we're getting our ears tickled well i think so and i think part of that comes into how that a preacher approaches the text i think too many times and i know especially probably in my earlier years i i did it you come to a text and you really just have something in mind already that you want to say and so you come to a text and you find something there that at least seems reasonably close to what you want to say. And, and then you say it. And so that's one side of the ear tickling because you're just saying what you want to say. And the other side is obviously just hearing what you want to hear. Well, it's the old adage. I've got a good topic. I want to preach on now. I just need to find a text to go with it. <laughs> yeah, sure. There must be one in there somewhere. <laughs> well, I like, think when you have that attitude though, are you, I think you're willing to find a, a text that in context doesn't say remotely close to what you really want it to say, but you go on and use it anyway. Right. How, how often, Jeff, on, honest truth, I, I guess I'm going to ask you to uh, confess before these millions of listeners that we have, <laughs> how common is it for you to find out that you have quoted a passage out of context in the past, like year, years ago? How frustrating is it, by the way, when that happens? It's extremely frustrating. And I started having some experiences where I I had something in mind I wanted to say. And so I'd start working on a passage. You know, I'm going to preach this from this passage and started having some experiences of just, well, that's just not really what this passage is about. That's just not really what it's saying. And as I have preached verse by verse through books of the Bible over many years, I quite frequently would run into verses that I knew that I had quoted in the past, used them to support something and coming at them with that full contextual study, realizing, yeah, that's just not what that verse means. And it is extremely frustrating. Yeah, I'm convinced if you are not doing sequential verse by verse exposition through books, you are probably taking some verses out of context. I'm not going to absolutely say that's the case. Maybe there are some exceptions out there, but even a well-intended pastor who is doing topical preaching every week from a verse here and a verse there is, unfortunately, because he's human, he's missing some things. He's missing context. He's missing the richness of the passage, and he's taking some things out of context. Whether he intends to or not is not the point. I don't mean he's purposely misrepresenting Scripture. I don't think you or I ever purposely did that, but... As I've worked through books, I have, like yourself, I've found out that I have in the past used passages wrongly, and it's really frustrating to me. Well, a lot of times it's you've used it wrongly, but probably most of what I encounter is that I just didn't really understand it. I didn't have a very full understanding of what that verse was about, and I'm using it in such a way that it's just not really what it means. It wasn't the reason why it was written. And so I just didn't understand it very well. One of the things that I have found in my more recent preaching 
that I tend to refer to verses in books that I've already preached through just because I have a, a reasonable level of confidence that I know the context of the passage and that I'm using this verse to illustrate or support and that that is what the verse means. So I tend to sometimes be selective that way more recently. Well, I think sometimes when I speak to people about preaching through a book, the one of the common responses that I get back is, well, you just can't really address the needs in your congregation that way. And I think there is a an idea in a pastor's mind that he actually knows all of the needs of his congregation. <laughs> right. That is just not the case. There we people put on their best face at church. That you you get their best hour or two of the week in the congregation, but you don't really know what's going on on Tuesday afternoon. And God has written his word in such a way that it will change the way a true believer, you know, lives his life. Would you agree? Absolutely. I mean, that's where the power is, because let's face it, we need change. You know, we, we need to be transformed. We need to be renewed. And we just simply have no power to change people outside of the spirit working through the word. So if you are just preaching your own ideas and you're throwing in a Bible verse here or there, is it fair to say that you're preaching about the Bible rather than preaching the Bible? You know, there's a an excellent quote in uh, John Broaddus' book on the preparation and delivery of sermons. And, uh, and I highly recommend that for preachers. I can't imagine anybody else that would probably want to read it, but just a lot of, of good advice and wisdom in that book. But there's one place where he talks about taking a text. And what he's referring to is a preacher gets up and reads a verse or two or whatever that he reads from the Bible. And then he goes from there into his sermon. So he has taken a text. And what John Broaddus points out is that anytime you take a text, you are giving the the expectation that what you are saying comes from that text, that what you what you're talking about is taught in that text. And so if you're commanding people to do something or whatever that it might be, that it comes to, from that text. And so one of the pieces of advice he gave was that, you know, it would be better to take no text at all than to take one and get up and basically just say the things you want to say, though it's totally unrelated to the text. Yeah, I think you lead your people to think that a text is about something it's not at that point. I think that's the point Broadus is making. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So is that a pitfall of continuous topical preaching week after week after week after week? Is that one of the pitfalls that you begin to abuse scripture? Eat not and again, let me preface this by saying I don't I don't mean a man is purposely doing this, but it's just bound to happen if we don't look at the overall context of a passage. Well, there's probably a, there's probably a few problems with just continual topical preaching. One is that it generally tends to be random. And if you look back, and I, I can look back over some of my old records um, when I preached much more that way. And Your sermons are on records? In, not not vinyl. I'm not talking about spinning oh, vinyl. I'm, I just there was probably thrown <laughs> off by that. So yeah, my my records is uh, is a spreadsheet of every time I've preached and the text I use and all that. Oh, so you're a geek. Anyway, I get you. Right. So anyway, when I go back to those, what I see in my 
earlier years starting out is that it's so random. It'll be one message might be about a burnt offering and one message about the house of the forest of Lebanon that Solomon built. And then one message will be some uh, parable that Jesus told. And then, you know, then here, then there, then, you know, just randomly here and there. And one of the things that strikes me about that is that we don't learn anything that way. So random and, and disorderly. When we go to learn math, for instance, we start with the lower and easier concepts and we build up to the harder concepts. You don't go in your first day of algebra and you start hearing about derivatives and integrals and all that sort of thing. You know, you're going to get that in calculus, but you've got a long way to go before you're going to get there. So that's just an example. And we just don't learn anything that way. But yet when we preach topically, we sort of jump around randomly. And I think that it gives people listening to that, it gives them a, a very unbalanced way of maturing. You know, they're, they're not, it's not really like you're eating that healthy, balanced diet and building up everything that you need. So that's one of the problems. Another problem is just as you were talking about that you're going to end up abusing scripture, even unintentionally, because you're just not really studying the Bible very deeply when you are just bouncing around and talking about different topics. I agree. I read Mark Dever's book. I think he and Greg Gilbert may have written the book Preach. I think it was Greg Gilbert. I know Dever was one of the authors. And right. one of the points that he made was that a topical preacher, and he, when he says that, he means a guy who just picks a topic each week and preaches it, not a not a guy who's trying to do topical preaching by good exposition, but just a topical preacher will never preach more than what he already knows. You yeah, agree? I said that's right. I, I, can you explain what you mean by that? I, I, I thought that was just a, a very startling yet after I thought about it, I, I think that's a very true statement. How do you take it? Well, you are because you're not really growing in your knowledge of the word. When you're just randomly looking at a topic or you just you just flip to a verse here or there and then especially in passages in the Old Testament, say you go to the Old Testament prophets and you just grab a verse out of there and then you start coming up with various things that seem to fit that verse. And then then the next week you're going to be taking some word out of a verse of an epistle and then. Uh, and, and when you study that way, you're not really growing and developing and progressing yourself. And so obviously then the people are not going to be uh, really growing and progressing yeah, I think under the, your ministry. The difference would be if I'm going to preach a passage of scripture, I'm going to spend all that week studying that passage and trying to get the context, the cultural setting, the original group that it was written to trying to see all of the nuances of how the text fits together, what the underlying words mean. I, I want to know about that text right. where if I'm a, a topical preacher, I'm sitting around, you know, brainstorming and I come up with a topic. I may say the Lord laid it on my heart, but, you know, there's no red light that goes off when it's me and a green light that goes off when it's the Lord. Right. And after I've come up with my topic, then I just, grab four or five verses that seemingly fit and preach the sermon. And the, the point being is I already knew that topic in my mind. 
Right. But if I'm preaching that passage, I've had to I've had to spend time learning that passage. One right. of the one of the things that has amazed me is is folks that are sort of anti-exposition and they're believe it's hard for me to imagine that anybody would ever be against preaching the word. Right. But some of the anti-exposition comments you hear would say that it, it's just sort of lazy to preach through a book. I have found it far more difficult to preach verse by verse through a book or even a passage than I've ever found topical preaching to be. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. <laughs> well, I guess there's always that possibility. We'll have to, to hold, <laughs> leave that on the table. But it, it does take a lot of work. Uh, it really does. But I can just say from my own experience now, uh, just right at 20 years of preaching, and I don't think I, I wouldn't, if I was going to attribute uh, the growth and progress I, ha- I feel like I have made to any one thing in particular, it's going to be starting to preach through books and just putting in the work and the time to study a whole book, to understand what the overall message is, to understand what the themes are, to understand, you know, what's the argument of this book? What is it? What's it teaching us? Why is it given? What's it for? Not looking at the Bible like it's just a dictionary where I'm just looking up a word that I need that sounds good, but rather, no, I want to know what this, what this is all about. So that, that has been probably the best way of, of growth and learning that I've experienced in my time in ministry. Yeah, I'll agree. And I'll, I'll throw in, and I know I said something about this in our last podcast, but just reading through the Bible every year has helped me in, in a different way, but a similar way to keep the, the big picture of context. And then as I've preached through these books, it's just been that much richer. Well, one, one more thing, I, I don't want to you know, keep folks all day. Uh, millions of people can't devote time, you know, to this podcast. But people say that you hear this from the pulpit a lot. And I think we as pastors make the mistake in thinking we're doing a real good job at this. But I've heard this many times from the pulpit that I believe in preaching the whole counsel of God. And for the record, I do believe that should be our goal. I mean, Jesus said... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I think that is the whole counsel. But have we mislabeled what preaching the whole counsel of God is? Well, ideally, preaching the whole counsel of God would be preaching every single verse in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. What else could it mean? (laughs) Yeah, so the problem is that most of us are probably not going to live long enough to be able to do that. And especially with the slow pace that you go at and the length of sermons you preach, there's, there's no way you're going to get to every verse in the Bible. <laughs> um, but preaching the whole counsel of God, I mean, there's a, another way of looking at that as well. And that is considering how the, how the Bible fits together. So you have, I guess, probably the most familiar way would be to say you have books of the law. You know, the the first five books, you have books of history, you have books of wisdom, you have books of prophecy, you have the Gospels, you have the Acts of the Apostles, you have the general epistles, and then you have the church epistles and the book of Revelation, which is a New Testament book of prophecy. So when you look at it that way, you realize that God has given us his word in these particular different areas. And one of the things I have attempted to do is to alternate between those areas. 
and I may not get to preach every verse of the Bible, but I hope that I have preached through some books out of every category or genre or type of scripture, and thereby I think we're coming much, much closer to you know preaching that whole council. So what do you want people to see in your ministry after decades of pastoring? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you look one way a year into pastoral ministry, you look a different way, or at least I think you should look a different way 20, 30 years later, 40 years later. What do you want people to see differently in you today than they did 19 years ago? Well, I would hope that it would be sticking to the text and, you know, bringing out what is written there. And, you know, when you're a young preacher too, one of the problems that you have is that you're just about to bust to get up and to say everything you know. And so every sermon, you pretty well pack everything you know (laughs) into every sermon. And uh, after about your second sermon, you know, you're out of things you know. Well, that's you know that's pretty common, but I hope that over time i've I've learned to stick more to the text because that's the to me that's the way I see it. The command to preach the word tells me that as a pastor, I have a responsibility to preach the whole Bible to the people, and if I spend twenty twenty five thirty years among people, I should have preached in that time through a significant number of books, both of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And that's what I hope would be seen. And I'll add, I, I think it would be fair to say, if you haven't, then you really haven't taught your people the Bible. You've only taught them about the Bible. Yeah, I agree. I, I hope that people see progress in my ministry, much the way, same way that the Apostle Paul told Timothy that you know, people should see progress in his ministry. But that progress should be wider biblical knowledge, more depth, uh, more text-driven preaching, and the church should be growing, not necessarily in number, though we expect a body to grow. Right. The church should be growing in their understanding of Scripture. If you've spent you know, decades at a church and the people don't know their Bible any better than they did the day you got there, you know, something needs to change, and I hope that we're moving in a positive direction. You got anything else you want to add? One thing, I don't know if we said, and maybe we did, and this is just going to be repetitive, but you mentioned a couple times preaching the Bible and preaching about the Bible. So I thought maybe, do you just want to maybe clarify that a little bit more? What what would you see as the difference of preaching the Bible and preaching about the Bible? Well, I, I think let's just take the subject of marriage, for instance. The Bible actually has a lot to say about marriage, even beginning in Genesis chapter 2, where God ordains the institution of marriage. But you could open up to a passage where the word husband and the word wife is in the passage. And you could spend 30 minutes talking about marriage and giving a lot of advice on marriage from the pulpit and never preach any actual passage in the Bible. So In my sense, you may say a lot of good things. Some of them may be biblical. Some of them may be your opinion. But you've you've preached about a biblical subject where if you open up to Ephesians chapter 5, for instance, and preach on the relationship between husbands and wives verse by verse, you actually 
cease being just Jerry and you begin to be authoritatively speaking what God wrote. So you are telling the people about marriage in the text, in the Bible. You're preaching the word now, where before, if you just read one verse and talked for 30 minutes, you were just preaching about the Bible. And and honestly, the congregation, as long as you preach that way, they could they have no real reason to believe anything you say. But if right. you open up the text and methodically work through the text, they are mandated to believe what you say because it came from God, not from you. Right. So the so just to the listener in the pew, when you are listening to preaching, you should have the expectation that whatever text the preacher is preaching from, that from the beginning of that sermon to the end of that sermon, you should have an increased understanding of what that text is about, what it actually means and it's saying in the passage that it's in. Do you think that's fair? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. That That is what we should expect from pulpit ministry. Now, a young guy that's been preaching a year may not be as equipped and may not have the history that he needs to do that as well as maybe the last pastor who had been there 25 years, but there should be growth and the push to preaching through books will increase the uh, productivity. If that's a good word to use of that young guy, he'll grow at a rapid pace. I agree. Well, you got anything else? No, I think that's all. That's all we have on preaching. <laughs> well, you know how it is as a preacher. You're never done. But uh, <laughs> I'm sure there will be more podcasts on preaching, but this one hopefully has just given a good definition of what it means to to preach the word, to preach the text. And, uh, we'll, we'll probably look at preaching from a few other vantage points in the future. Right. Hope everybody has a great day. 